0: Dedicated to the survival of American democracy in an increasingly dangerous world, this is Secure Freedom Radio with Frank Gaffney, acted as Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Policy under President Ronald Reagan, founder of the Center for Security Policy in Washington, D.C., the go-to man for defense and foreign policy issues, joined by the greatest minds in the security policy business, the special forces in the war of ideas at Secure Freedom Radio. Radio with Frank Gaffney. Welcome to Secure Freedom Radio. This is Frank Gaffney, your host and guide for what I think of as an intelligence briefing on the war for the free world. It is a war of many facets, including here on the home front these days. Uh, one of which involves political warfare against those who are deemed by, well, the state or by big tech or others on the left as the... Threat to their agenda, and every effort is being made at the moment to, well, help them prevail in the struggle to shape public opinion and direct the country to an ever more, it seems to me, socialist, if not outright Marxist direction. A man who is very much seized with these problems, uh, focusing on them on his terrific podcast, The Bill Walton Show, and as a leader of the conservative movement, notably with the Council for National Policy, of which I'm proud to be a member, is our regular featured guest about this time in the week, Bill Walton. Bill, it's good to have you back. I'm anxious to talk with you about particularly Wikipedia, which is generally regarded as a um, well, um, an unquestionably um, high integrity presenter of just the facts. And I don't know that that's necessarily true. Hope you had a good Fourth of July and glad to have you back on the show.
1: So I'm glad you're opening up the post-Fourth uh, holiday with, uh, with some humor. Huh? Well, Wick, Wick, Wikipedia. <laughs> nothing is funny,
0: that funny about, about that.
1: Justice in the American way.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there you go.
1: Uh, Wikipedia is worse than people can imagine. Well, you
0: know, the thing about it is that this is a crowdsourced product, of course, and I think that probably the vast majority of stuff that's in it is um, unobjectionable, but talk a little bit about the aspects of what it defines, what it describes, what it depicts, that um, touch on the political arena or broadly defined, uh, anything that falls afoul of so-called political correctness?
1: Well, I think we're all aware of the top-down censorship we've seen from Facebook and Twitter and and, uh, the other uh, social media companies. And it's in the news. I've had a couple of shows pulled uh, from YouTube because they, quote, didn't meet community guidelines. Uh, and. But I don't think people are aware that Wikipedia plays the same role, but from a bottom-up perspective. I think people know that Wikipedia is a volunteer organization. They've got about 230,000 people who contribute to uh, their crowdsourced articles, and they've got so-called administrators. They've got about 3,500. And you'd think in that cross-section, there would be a cross-section of political views. And if you thought that, you'd be wrong, because what's what's happened here— and I think this started at the outset with Jimmy Wales, is that they've, they've leaned to the political left on, on things, on articles and, and uh, topics that, that matter politically. And what they do is you're, you post something and you post a reference of legitimate news source. Well, Wikipedia, in its wisdom, has, has banned uh, Fox News, The New York Post, The Daily Mail. As, uh, as legitimate news sources. And it also includes this incredible, incredible intellectual, uh, intellectually interesting uh, journals like Quillette and, uh, of course, then there's The Federalist. Those are also banned sources. And so what ends up happening is Breitbart. Uh, if you're on the opposite side and you weigh in on Wikipedia and you say, you know, we've all had our own entries uh, edited with this lens. I know you've been you uh, put on the pillory uh, unfairly. So, well, yeah. So if you want to if you want to if you want to reference other sources, would say, wait a second, that's not right. Here's what's right. Um, they won't let you do that. And so it's an entirely one sided uh, story. And as you point out, I'm a I'm a, I'm a Shakespeare buff, and you can go in and research Shakespeare. With, and it's relatively unbiased, although they do do get into the dead white male issue uh, all too often. Um, but yeah, Wiki, Wikipedia is one of the big problems, and of course, with most young people having grown up on it and finding it a trusted source, it just means there's another you know, there's there's another biased uh, source of uh, quote truth.
0: Right. Indoctrination, really. Um, Bill, you know, this is of personal interest, as you say, because uh, I actually had sort of an editor, I think they were called, uh, uh, who seemed to be goaltending my Personal uh, profile and um, ensured that all kinds of horrifically slanderous things were there and featured in it, and anything that might um, balance out or actually suggest that I'm I'm not uh, as awful as is suggested by some. Well, well, um, well was, as, I look, was as I look at it, you're
1: up, you're you're up against somebody who has a personal vendetta which is just totally But it was enabled
0: by these administrators and, uh, and the system. And every effort to correct it or to uh, challenge it has been uh, met with uh, either indifference or uh, active resistance. Um, but what's so interesting about this and why I really wanted to talk to you about it today is one of the co-founders of Wikipedia, a fellow by the name of Larry Sanger, is featured in the Epic Times today, I think, uh, warning about this bias and the implications of it. And I salute him for doing so and um, hope that more and more people will understand that uh, this is not a trusted source, at least on uh, the sorts of things that um, uh, define uh, the, the war for the free world at the moment, particularly here on the home front. Bill, let me turn to something else that is um, a hearty perennial of Washington policy debates. Um, The debt ceiling. Uh, We are told by the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, that we're going to have to increase it again, I think, rather substantially, um, or we risk, you know, default or um, bankruptcy or some other horror. Um, What are the implications, Bill? I, I think we all know how this will play out. We've seen the movie many times, which is, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Protestations notwithstanding, Republicans and Democrats alike will almost certainly vote to lift the debt ceiling further. But talk, as a as a thoughtful former financier on Wall Street, as well as a leader of the conservative movement, what are the implications of our debt simply skyrocketing and uh, seemingly with nobody thinking there's any problem with that happening at all?
1: Well, the problem we have right now, Frank, is that. There's this distortion because of all the money coming into the economy from the federal deficit and from the Federal Reserve monetizing um, the deficit. Uh, No one seems to be paying a price. The stock market's at an all-time high. Uh, People's net worths are high. Uh, The economy, at least the big company part of it, has rebounded after the COVID lockdowns. And So there's a sense of unreality. Everything's fine. And gee, we've taken the federal deficit from a trillion to two trillion, maybe three trillion this year. Nobody seems to be paying attention. And this this frog is getting boiled uh, slowly. And, you know, but I'm reminded of that story from Ernest Hemingway. I think it's a son also, one of his novels. Somebody had gone broke. They said, uh, How did that happen? And he said, Well, slowly, uh, then all of a sudden. <laughs> and. Yeah, we're we're. I I haven't checked the numbers recently, but I think our deficit, uh, total. Where are we now? We're at uh, twenty five trillion. Maybe, I think it's north of uh, that economy. actually at the moment.
0: But I've uh, I've lost yeah, track the, because the, Biden is adding trillions so rapidly. It's hard. To yeah, keep I mean up.
1: We're, it's hard to keep track. Uh, but we're, you know, debt is a percentage of GDP, is it, is it the levels that were, I think, north of where they were in World War II, and the deficit, of debt, the percentage of the economy is higher than that, and that was a national emergency. And we're just whistling along, and the Republicans, um, you know, having failed to pay, they're paying the price for having failed to, to stop the, the budget deficit increases, you know, the ceiling, year after year, decade after decade, and so now, I'm, I'm afraid I'm, of the view that it's going to come up, we're going to have some headlines, and then sure enough, uh, everybody's going to say we've got to increase it, and and, and the uh, the horrible stuff just keeps marching on. Uh,
0: I guess I guess what I'm getting at you know, though is I, I, what, what are what are the inevitable effects of this? Um, is it is it uh, the dollar loses its status as the reserve currency of the world with a whole lot of awful knock-on effects? Is it that we You know, watch the economy essentially a crater with uh, inflation or stagflation or worse. Or are we simply just saddling our children with a debt they will never be able to um, get out from under? And and what are the consequences of that?
1: Well, it's going to. It. There'll be a there'll be a day of reckoning. There'll be a crisis point at which time we will no longer be able to service the federal debt, and that time is going to come. When inflation, which is baked into the cake right now, starts to influence interest rates and interest rates go up, and as interest rates go up, the federal debt goes up, or the, the burden of the federal debt goes up, and very easily, we could end up with more paying more interest on the federal debt than all the other expenditures of government combined, except for entitlements. Um, so we're going to crowd out defense spending. We're going to crowd out uh, so-called infrastructure. Uh, that's going to be a ugly day. Um, that's when that all of a sudden exactly. kicks
0: in, right? <laughs> it's a well and, and, anyway.
1: but I think i I think what, what, as a practical matter what would happen is that uh, you know, thinking like a private equity guy, when you get a company in trouble, you owe a lot of debt where you just have a conversation with your lenders and you say, folks, you may think we owe you a hundred million dollars, but we can't afford that, so we'd like to reset the debt to twenty million. I mean it's known as a cram down. And I, I think we're gonna see governments all over the world Haircut, crammed down, engaging in and crushing the savings of, uh, of uh, people worldwide. Uh, you know, you and I could do some science fiction catastrophic gaming out of this thing, but it, it it'll be ugly. We talked last week about Bill Gates buying farmland. I think Bill Gates is a really problematic guy. As you and I have talked. But I think in the case of farmland, if you're if you're worried about debt and a dollar, you probably want to own a lot of farmland because that'll hold its value. You know, people need to eat, so well, yeah, you know, there's safe places said, to put your assets. Yeah, yeah. Well, there there is there is that. Bill, we
0: we were talking about a number of things last week, as a matter of fact. And one of the other things that I just wanted to um, update with you on um, was what Bill Gates and Larry Fink and others uh, on the left of the capital um uh, markets or capitalist system at least um are propounding uh, propounding namely that we all have to get into uh, environment social justice and governance um related um, investments uh and and activities for that matter um what's the true value to the investor of the so-called ESG portfolios, um, and, and are people likely to be surprised that their money is actually going into them, and to what end?
1: Well, the actual value to the investor, that's a great way to put it. The actual value to the investor is they get to pay higher fees uh, for owning essentially the same portfolio as, a, as an S&P index fund. And this this ESG investing now now let me step back. The ESG movement is a terrible thing. I mean, what they want to do with environmental, social, um, governance—I can go into detail—is not good for the economy and not good for Americans. But the ESG investing piece—it's it's it about, Street, in Russia. short,
0: Bill, isn't it, the fundamental transformation of our energy sector, our you know, our governance
1: structures no, and corporations. Yeah, e, 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 and e is things like carbon footprint, so-called social renavs, justice, gas. Uh, well, social justice that would fall under the uh, G or the S part. Uh, you know, pay equity, racial justice, social justice—generally right. the Black Lives um, Matter you know, agenda, workplace, and, yeah, board diversity. Uh, no, the, the the actual aspects of ESG are are, are terrible, uh, but the investing piece of it, people should understand that if they think they want to be woke and put some money in an ESG portfolio, just remember that the investment management business has slapped ESG name on three or four hundred. Uh, portfolios in the, in the last year or two, um, particularly since younger investors think that's the place to be. But they didn't change their portfolio holdings. All they did was relabel the product. And, you know, generically or g- generally Wall Street... Manages trillions and trillions of dollars is that that's increasingly gone to index funds, which charge a much much lower fee than actively management funds, and they're charging active management funds for ESG, which means you can pay 25 basis points for an ESG fund versus you know, 0.1 basis point for a, a 10 basis points for a, a index fund. So you're going to be paying roughly two two and a half times the fees, and fees, of course, are the main one of the main drivers of investment returns. So you go to an ESG fund, you're basically guaranteed um, a lower return just based on fees allowed.
0: And, and what I suspect is ultimately going to happen if it isn't already underway is that there are a lot of people's money that's being put into index funds that have actually got an ESG agenda and they don't know it. They're not... They're not Directing that they're not particularly woke, they just find themselves investing. As by the way, they're investing in China, uh, many of them without their knowledge. And by the way, some of the same people, like notably Larry Fink of BlackRock, as we've talked about before, Bill Walton is all about investing in China, even though it doesn't do very well on E, S, or G. Last time I checked. So the question is really: Are are the uh, investors being Dunned in effect um, through this uh, this marketing scheme on the one hand, and worse perhaps uh, actually having their funds uh, channeled in ways that could be very harmful to our economy, to our uh, uh, you know our our investors' portfolios and, and uh, retirement funds and the like. So all of this is is something that uh, we appreciate your expertise on, Bill, and appreciate you keeping us surprised of what is happening in the market um, specifically. If, if your broker, GST. if your
1: broker says you, if your broker thinks, hey, let's take a look at this G S G S V fund. Ask him about, ask him or her about fees, and ask him about the portfolio composition, and ask him whether it differs very much from the S and P five hundred. Uh, uh, and it it likely will not.
0: Well, that's the best case, it seems to me. The worst case is that it does and that's going to be harmful. But uh, either way, you can be sure that they're going to get rich off of these kinds of transactions. Uh, The investor may not. Bill Walton, so good to talk with you, my friend. Thank you for this visit each week. We very much value it and look forward to doing it again next week. In the meantime, Stay well, my friend. Next up, we'll speak with Gordon Chang. We'll take stock of Xi Jinping's rant last week and why the media didn't seem to think there was anything wrong with it. That and more. Straight out.
1: Visit us at facebook.com slash securefreedom with Frank Gaffney.